Chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. And there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen, upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Gloss. As he had been speaking of the punishments of sinners, the story is fitly told him of the punishment of certain particular sinners, from which he takes occasion to denounce vengeance also against other sinners. As it is said, there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Cyril, for these were followers of the opinions of Judas of Galilee, of whom Luke makes mention in the Acts of the Apostles who said that we ought to call no man master. Great numbers of them, refusing to acknowledge Caesar as their master, were therefore punished by Pilate. They said also that men ought not to offer God any sacrifices that were not ordained in the law of Moses, and so forbade to offer the sacrifices appointed by the people for the safety of the emperor and the Roman people. Pilate then being enraged against the Galileans, ordered them to be slain in the midst of the very victims which they thought they might offer according to the custom of their law, so that the blood of the offerers was mingled with that of the victims offered. Now it being generally believed that these Galileans were most justly punished as sowing offenses among the people, the rulers, eager to excite against him the hatred of the people, related these things to the Savior wishing to discover what he thought about them. But he, admitting them to be sinners, does not, however, judge them to have suffered such things, as though they were worse than those who suffered not. Whence it follows, and he answered and said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, etc. Chrysostom. For God punishes some sinners by cutting off their iniquities, and appointing to them hereafter a lighter punishment, or perhaps even entirely releasing them, and correcting those who were living in wickedness by their punishment. Again, he does not punish others, that if they take heed to themselves by repentance, they may escape both the present penalty and future punishment. But if they continue in their sins, suffer still greater torment. Titus Bost and he here plainly shows that whatever judgments are passed for the punishment of the guilty happen not only by the authority of the judges, but the will of God. Whether, therefore, the judge punishes upon the strict grounds of conscience, or has some other object in his condemnation, we must describe the work to the divine appointment. Cyril, to save, therefore, the multitudes from the intestine seditions which were excited for the sake of religion, he adds, but unless ye repent, and unless ye cease to conspire against your rulers, for which ye have no divine guidance, ye shall all likewise perish, and your blood shall be united to that of your sacrifices. Chrysostom. 
and herein he shows that he permitted them to suffer such things, that the heirs of the kingdom, yet living, might be dismayed by the dangers of others. What then, you will say, is this man punished, that I might become better? Nay, but he is punished for his own crimes, and hence arises an opportunity of salvation to those who see it. Bede, but because they repented not in the fortieth year of our Lord's Passion, the Romans coming, whom Pilate represented, as belonging to their nation, and beginning from Galilee, whence our Lord's preaching had begun, utterly destroyed that wicked nation, and defiled with human blood not only the courts of the temples, where there were wont to offer sacrifices, but also the inner parts of the doors, where there was no entrance to the Galileans. Chrysostom. Again there had been eighteen others crushed to death by the falling of a tower, of whom he adds the same things, as it follows, or those eighteen upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them. Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. I tell you, nay, for he does not punish all in this life, giving them a time meet for repentance. Nor, however, does he reserve all for future punishment, lest man should deny his providence. Titus Bost. Now one tower is compared to the whole city, that the destruction of a part may alarm the whole. Hence it is added, But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. As if he said, The whole city shall shortly be smitten if the inhabitants continue in impenitence. Ambrose. In those whose blood Pilate mingled with the sacrifices, there seems to be a certain mystical type, which concerns all who, by the compulsion of the devil, offer not a pure sacrifice, whose prayer is for a sin, as it was written of Judas, who, when he was amongst the sacrifices, devised the betrayal of our Lord's blood. Bede. For Pilate, who is interpreted the mouth of the hammerer, signifies the devil ever ready to strike. The blood expresses sin, the sacrifices good actions. Pilate then mingles the blood of the Galileans with their sacrifices when the devil stains the alms and the other good works of the faithful, either by carnal indulgence or by courting the praise of men, or any other defilement. Those men of Jerusalem also, who were crushed by the falling of the tower, signify that the Jews who refuse to repent will perish within their own walls. Nor without meaning is the number eighteen given, which number among the Greeks is made up of iota and eta, that is, of the same letters with which the name Jesus begins. And it signifies that the Jews were chiefly to perish, because they would not receive the name of the Savior. That tower represents him who is the tower of strength, and this is rightly in Siloam, which is interpreted sent, for it signifies him who, sent by the Father, came into the world and who shall grind to powder all on whom he falls. Verses 6 through 9. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it, and dug it. 
and if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Titus bossed. The Jews were boasting that while the eighteen had perished, they all remained unhurt. He therefore sets before them the parable of the fig tree. For it follows, he spake also this parable, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. Ambrose, there was a vineyard of the Lord of hosts, which he gave for the spoil to the Gentiles. And the comparison of the fig tree to the synagogue is well chosen, because as that tree abounds with wide and spreading foliage, and deceives the hopes of its possessor with the vain expectations of promised fruit, so also in the synagogue, while its teachers are unfruitful in good works, yet magnify themselves with words, as with abundant leaves, the empty shadow of the law stretches far and wide. This tree also is the only one which puts forth fruit in place of flowers. And the fruit falls, that other fruit may succeed. Yet some few of the former remain, and do not fall. For the first people of the synagogue fell off as a useless fruit, in order that out of the fruitlessness of the old religion might arise the new people of the church. Yet they who were the first out of Israel, whom a branch of the stronger nature bore, under the shadow of the law and the cross, in the bosom of both, stained with a double juice, after the example of a ripening fig, surpassed all others in the grace of the most excellent fruits, to whom it is said, You shall sit upon twelve thrones. Some, however, think the fig tree to be a figure not of the synagogue, but of wickedness and treachery. Yet these differ in nothing from what has gone before, except that they choose the genus instead of the species. Bede, the Lord himself, who established the synagogue by Moses, came born in the flesh, and frequently teaching in the synagogue, sought for the fruits of faith, but in the hearts of the Pharisees found none. Therefore it follows, and came seeking fruit on it, and found none. Ambrose. But our Lord sought, not because he was ignorant that the fig tree had no fruit, but that he might show in a figure that the synagogue ought by this time to have fruit. Lastly, from what follows, he teaches that he himself came not before the time who came after three years. For it is said, then, said he to the dresser of the vineyard, Behold these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. He came to Abraham, he came to Moses, he came to Mary, that is, he came in the seal of the covenant, he came in the law, he came in the body. We recognize his coming by his gifts, at one time purification, at another sanctification, at another justification, circumcision purified, the law sanctified, grace justified. The Jewish people then could not be purified because they had not the circumcision of the heart, but of the body, nor be sanctified because, ignorant of the meaning of the law, they followed carnal things rather than spiritual, nor justified because, not working repentance for their offenses, they knew nothing of grace. Rightly then was there no fruit found in the synagogue, and consequently it is ordered to be cut down, for it follows, cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? But the merciful dresser, perhaps meeting him on whom the church is founded, foreseeing that another would be sent to the Gentiles, but he himself to them who were of the circumcision, piously intercedes that it may not be cut off, 
trusting to his calling that the Jewish people also might be saved through the church. Hence it follows, And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also. He soon perceived hardness of heart and pride to be the causes of the barrenness of the Jews. He knew therefore how to discipline. He knew how to censure faults. Therefore adds he, Till I shall dig about it. He promises that the hardness of their hearts shall be dug about by the apostles' spades, lest a heap of earth cover up and obscure the root of wisdom. And he adds, and dung it. That is, by the grace of humility, by which even the fig is thought to become fruitful toward the gospel of Christ. Hence he adds, and if it bear fruit, well. That is, it shall be well, but if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down which indeed came to pass under the Romans, by whom the Jewish nation was cut off, and thrust out from the land of promise. Augustine, or in another sense, the fig tree is the race of mankind. For the first man, after he had sinned, concealed with fig leaves his nakedness, that is, the members from which we derive our birth. Theophylact, but each one of us also is a fig tree, planted in the vineyard of God, that is, in the church or in the world. Gregory, but our Lord came three times to the fig tree, because he sought after man's nature before the law, under the law, and under grace, by waiting, admonishing, visiting, and yet he complains that for three years he found no fruit. For there are some wicked men whose hearts are neither corrected by the law of nature, breathed into them, nor instructed by precepts, nor converted by the miracles of his incarnation. Theophylact, our nature yields no fruit, though three times sought for, once indeed when we transgressed the commandment in paradise, the second time when they made the molten calf under the law, thirdly when they rejected the Savior, but that three years' time must be understood to mean also the three ages of life, boyhood, manhood, and old age. Gregory, but with great fear and trembling should we hear the word which follows. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? For every one according to his measure, in whatsoever station of life he is, except he show forth the fruits of good works, like an unfruitful tree, cumbereth the ground. For wherever he is himself placed, he there denies to another the opportunity of working. Pseudo-Basil For it is the part of God's mercy, not silently to inflict punishment, but to send forth threatenings to recall the sinner to repentance, as he did to the men of Nineveh. And now the dresser of the vineyard, saying, Cut it down, exciting him indeed to the care of it, and stirring up the barren soil to bring forth the proper fruits. Gregory Nazianzus Let us not then strike suddenly, but overcome by gentleness, lest we cut down the fig tree, still able to bear fruit, which the care, perhaps, of a skillful dresser will restore. Hence it is also here added, and he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone, etc. Gregory, by the dresser of the vineyard, is represented the order of bishops, who by ruling over the church take care of our Lord's vineyard. Theophylact, or the master of the household, is God the Father, the dresser is Christ, who will not have the fig tree cut down as barren as if saying to the Father, Although through the law and the prophets they give no fruit of repentance, I will water them with my suffering and teaching, and perhaps they will yield us fruits of obedience. 
Augustine, or the husbandman who intercedes, is every holy man who within the church prays for them that are without the church, saying, O Lord, O Lord, let it alone this year. That is, for that time vouchsafed under grace, till I dig about it. To dig about it is to teach humility and patience, for the ground which has been dug is lowly. The dung signifies the soiled garments, but they bring forth fruit. The soiled garment of the dresser is the grief and mourning of sinners, for they who do penance and do it truly are in soiled garments. Gregory, or the sins of the flesh are called dung. From this then the tree revives to bear fruit again, for from the remembrance of sin the soul quickens itself to good works. But there are very many who hear reproof and yet despise the return to repentance. Wherefore it is added, and if it bear fruit well. Augustine, that is, it will be well, but if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down, namely, when thou shalt come to judge the quick and the dead. In the meantime, it is now spared. Gregory, but he who will not by correction grow rich unto fruitfulness, falls to that place from whence he is no more able to arise again by repentance. End of chapter 13, verses 1 through 9.